dragged me to Taytel. Ugh, oh, my jerk-off motion is one of the endless. I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm Jeff. That's John. Hi, John. Hi, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Mm. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Everything's great. Why, am I acting weird in some way? <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't, we didn't actually say what the podcast is, which we normally do. I said welcome back to Expounded Universe. Yeah, but you didn't say what it is. The Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast. There you go. Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, specifically the Legends continuity. The when, Star Wars when Expanded Universe. Yeah. It's, uh, we do a very, we read Neil Gaiman books, and uh, I forgot the, to tell The only Expounded Universe Neil Gaiman books. We, we, that uh, expound upon the Neil Gaiman universe. Yeah. I, I, John, I changed the format. I forgot to tell you. Uh, I hope you read the first three chapters of Anansi Boys. <laughs> Because uh, that's what we're going to do today. Oh, uh, no. I thought we were doing Neverwhere. Nope. Neverwhere. They're gonna, people are going to have to earn it. That's You're going to earn Neverwhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the bonus content is reviews of the Sandman comic series now. Yeah. One at a time. One, one, one page at a time. <laughs> that's right. One mm-hmm. panel at a time. One panel at a time. We describe the characters from we, the We realized that the whole bonus content thing of doing entire articles mm-hmm. from Wikipedia was... Going too fast. Too we gotta fast. Do real slow. That's why we only do talk page reviews now. On, and that, that, but this is a different show. Welcome so. to the talk pages. <laughs> People will never buy talk pages. <laughs> I'm here to tell you they will. What are you talking about, radio? Nah, the talk pages. I'm here to sell you a monorail. <laughs> I'm here to sell you a duo rail. Oh shit, that's twice as many rails. I've been run out of town. Ah, on these two rails. <laughs> Double Todd and Triple Feathered. Uh, no, I, we're going to do a Nancy Boys and then the Sandman comics because, of course, John has read the Sandman comics and I do not even remember the main character's name. Uh, is it Sandman? It's not Sandman. <laughs> Sandman is a dude who hates Spider-Man for reasons. Oh, uh, also Sandman is a different dude in DC Universe. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. He's okay. that dude with the gas mask and a sleep gun. Oh, that's right. He is. God, I thought that was like the dream killer or something. No, nah, man. No, yeah, you're right. No, but I know the main character's name is Morpheus. Come on. Get out of town. <laughs> Come and, like, on. I'm enough of a nerd to have picked that up from Osmosis. Well, I mean, technically, is, he's Dream because uh, he's one of the Endless and they all have a D name. Ugh, oh, my jerk-off motion is one of the Endless. <laughs> It's true, actually. If you read the comics, <laughs> yeah, there's Dream, Destiny, Death, Jeff's Jerk-Off Motion. The only one without a D, really. Yeah, that's a strange thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, originally it was called Dick Pulling by Jeff. <laughs> Dick Pulling by Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dick Pulling. By Jeff. <laughs> God. <laughs> Man, we're really starting this new book off right by not getting into the meat of it at all. Uh, okay, well, why don't we talk about that? John, we are starting a brand new book today, a brand new Star Wars Expanded Universe novel for discussion on a podcast, uh, and it's called Planet of Twilight, and it's by one Barbara Hambly. And, it is, and it is one famously yeah. bad book. Now, when you go online and you do the top ten lists of like the worst books of Star Wars, this one usually hovers around the top three. 
Yeah. Uh, along with Crystal Star, which we've already covered. Uh, Shadows of the Empire never makes those lists. I don't know why. Everyone's like, no, it was great. Yeah. I remember that book from when I was 12, and I have not revisited it, and it's fine. I'll tell you the answer. I can, I can give you the answer to that question real easily, John. It's because what they're actually saying, they may think, think they remember that book, but what they're actually saying is, oh, Shadows of the Empire. I remember that book from when I never read it and played the video game. Yeah, I remember that N64 game. <laughs> so... But this one is consistently in the top three worst, and there's always a different reason why each one of the books makes it to the top ten list of the of the worst EU. Uh-huh. Uh, Plat- Planet of or Planet Twilight, we'll talk about. I mean, we did Crystal Star. Crystal Star is just a little weird and way too up Leia's head uh, t- to be any kind of good. Uh, this is just dry. Very dry. Mm. It's like a good martini. <laughs> it's like an Oscar Wilde bit of ribaldry. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> How droll. I wish it was that. I, but this is just boring. Uh, it's just characters yelling lists at each other. And it's uh, at least in the first two chapters. So hopefully it'll get more interesting later. I mean, when you first crack this book open, like the very first line is like, what's his nuts was the first person to die. And you're like, ooh, you're starting off and you're like, Getting into death immediately in a Star Wars book. And I can tell you who the first one to die is, John. Barack. Ah, Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, Barack Islamic shock. <laughs> Super Allah Hussein Obama. <laughs> uh, it's it's a guy named Koth Barack. Ah, yes. He's the first to die. Which means we're up to two dudes named Koth who have died in front of us in these books. Man, it's just not a good time to be named Koth. Yeah, don't name your kids Koth. Uh, whether they be, uh, you know, bothans. bothans, don't be a bothan and don't be whatever Koth Barak is. We don't know what he is. We never find out. I mean, I assume he's a human. Probably. Cause he's... they don't mention anything else and that's the way it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so Koth Barak <laughs> slumps over and starts to die at his own very workstation. Where? On board some repu- the warehouse, the warehouse. He dies in the warehouse. Uh, he's looking for a copy of the spaghetti incident too. And uh, he just has a heart attack and dies right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yeah, it's the opening three minutes of Empire Records, and we're describing them to you. To you, the listener. You don't remember. You don't know. <laughs> you only remember, welcome to Empire Records, how can I service you? And you know it. <laughs> you know. You're aware that your knowledge of Empire Records is lacking, listener. <laughs> Reflect on that and feel the shame appropriate. <laughs> Feel the shame appropriate. I'm naming Morrissey albums now. <laughs> <laughs> or just songs. I don't know. What do you think? Is that one album ready or is it just a song? I mean, I would go album. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, he he's uh, on the Adamantine, a Republic cruiser, uh, and he is slumped over at his workstation, and it takes a while before someone else notices him. Yeah, Yaoman. Uh, Yeoman. Yao man. Yao man. Uh, who is the other person? Oh, uh, woo, woo. It's actually a sergeant. Gunnery Sergeant Galley Wover. Galley Wover. I was like, woo her? Yeah, it's woo her. It's uh, the bartender. Yeah, woo her from, shows up and is like, I'm a gunnery sergeant now. I'm the ugliest man you ever done seen. <laughs> Why I'm plug ugly. Why I eyes ya. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, a gunnery sergeant notices and starts sending some reports up the chain, and we eventually get to a person named, I think, Zoeline or Zoelin. Well, Zoelin's later. I mean, mostly this is, the first part of this is just a description of Wover being like, oh, Wover thinks of everyone under her command as her own children. Yeah, there's a lot of that. She was going to go find fucking Barack Hussein Obama and be like, hey, you aren't 
paying attention to whatever and you should do a thing and ooh i gotta call in the droids yeah i got words for you and then she calls in some uh Two one B droids, the medical droid that puts Luke's hand back on. Yeah, the med droids show up and are like, "Ooh, beepity boop, this guy's all fucked." Yeah, it's funny. A lot of this, a lot of this book so far has been weird descriptions of how bad droids are. Yeah, it seems to be a the first running theme in this book is like these things come in all plastic and shitty and clattery, and she talks to one. It's like trying to explain a medical disaster to a calculator. Well, it's all like Wurr. they don't understand like idioms. Yeah, which. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, no, it's, she turns to the, because uh, she's on the line trying to get a hold of someone to be like, hey, this fucking Yaoman is dying. Uh, hmm? Help. And then she turns to the robot and is like, all right, my heart is yours. And she's like, oh, the, it beeps and boops and goes, that will not be necessary. I do not require your organs for this. And I was like, what? No. No, this is a regular droid that interacts with people. It's not going to be like, beepity boop, I am Amelia Bedelia Bot. What is it to love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I asked me to give you a hand and I cut one off. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Luke Skywalker all, hey, thanks for giving me this brand new hand. Let me give you a hand. No, I just gave you one. Yeah, no, these are not Amelia Bedelia bots. We yeah. don't need to worry about them not understanding <laughs> our human language. But that certainly gets a chunk of the chapter, this whole thing about how these two 1B droids are, like, bad at human idioms. It's like, shouldn't they know the basic medical ones? You'd think, especially if you're like, oh, I'm making a droid that is made to help in medical emergencies. Yeah. You'd want them to be able to understand when people are telling you something mm -hmm. because i mean you're gonna hear things like that hurts more than a rancor bite and they'll be like rancor bite not detected <laughs> uh no i have no reference for rancor bite pain thresholds mm -hmm. i do not how to do not know how to treat rodians or other green-skinned hobgoblins <laughs> <laughs> ah! oh whoever programmed this droid was a real racist <laughs> Well, it's just Bones. It's just Bones. Yeah, Bones. The, the show. Yeah, the, bo the show Bones. Now, if you go to my, <laughs> my diner, Bones. The Bones-themed diner. Yeah, where I've been programming <laughs> robots. Medical droids. Well, any robot. Any really. robot, yeah, yeah. But this one, specifically, yeah. this 2-1-B I've programmed mm. to be a real asshole. <laughs> now, meanwhile, my diner across the street, Bones. Yeah. The archaeology-themed uh, dive bar. The dive bar themed around bones collected by Tulk. That's right. I was, I was like, well, no, the one across the street now for the new story is based on, on Bones the Doctor from Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Well, that one just opened. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> brand new. Three There's three, now. three different Bones. Different street. It's across I, another street. This is the There's worst. There's one on each corner. We've got to get a fourth Bones restaurant for the other corner. It's boner-themed. <laughs> It's actually a strip club. Yeah, but they it's, have it's cheese called bones. Yeah, but they have cheeseburgers. It's a dude strip club. It's <laughs> called bones. Oh my gosh, I don't know that that exists, but it should. I don't know if there's a, a male strip club called Bones, but boy howdy, it kind of sounds like the Hooters equivalent, right? Yeah, like not really an actual strip club, but just like oh, these dudes walk around with big obvious pouches of package. Yeah, they, yeah. you got to get dudes with like tight shorts and they yeah. stuff the package down there. Yeah, they, they really roll it up and stick it up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, welcome to Bones. <laughs> welcome to Bones. We serve. Bone in wings. <laughs> no shrimps here. Yeah. 
just big thick sausages. Ugh. Welcome to Bones. We're gonna Look get to Bones. Oh, dude! And then they get in the booth with you, and you're like, oh no, oh, no, oh, please. please don't sit no, next no. to me. <laughs> hey, how's the party doing today? Hey, hey, let me put my hand on you. Hey, we all got fired from our jobs as strip club DJs. <laughs> Coming up next, it's me asking your owner. <laughs> Let me recommend a side of Warren's cherry pie. <laughs> well, I love this place. All right, well, there's four bones. Well, there's of four all, bones. Of all the dumb jokes to bring back to the show. Yeah, of all the ones to really take from the previous book into the new world. By the way, we're doing chapters one and two today, and we are currently about two pages into chapter one. That doesn't if, matter. If you're wondering where we're at. If you were wondering what's happening, it's not much. No. Uh, so these, these med droids come in, and they, 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 the reason that Wover has said my heart is yours is because she's basically allowing herself to be scanned for infection because whatever killed... Uh, you know, uh, what's killing, killing well, whatever has recently killed or, or is per- currently killing Koth Barak might be contagious. Yeah, because the symptoms all look viral, mm-hmm. but they have scanned. There's no virus. There's no poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe he was stabbed with an ice knife. <laughs> then it melts and there's no evidence, John. Oh, I know. I've seen that episode of MacGyver where someone shoots somebody with an ice knife. <laughs> Was it MacGyver? Did MacGyver shoot someone with a nice knife? No. Okay, never it mind. It was someone else. Did he have to get in a fight with the fan man? What? There's what, is ep- he fighting, like, robot masters now? No, there's there's an actual episode of MacGyver where he has to briefly fight and steal the fan from the fan man. <laughs> uh, you may not know who the fan man is, but in the 80s, there was a dude who used a paraglider with a big box fan on his back so he could kind of fly around, uh-huh. and he was literally famous enough to go by just the fan man. Wow. Yeah. He would, like, do sporting event like, openings and stuff. Yeah, nope, never heard of that. So uh, so there's an episode of MacGyver where the fan man features. <laughs> and if the fan man can do it, so can you. Ba-da-ba-bwee-ba-ba-ba-da-book. Yeah, so anyway, they don't find anything wrong with this guy, and now it's time to pass it up the chain. Yeah. Now, Wover ain't long for this world either. They're, like, the ship is... It, everyone's dying. <laughs> like, we'll just put that out there. But it goes to the next person up the chain, like the captain of, or something of the Adamantine, a person by the name of Zoalin. And Zoalin's like, well, we got to contact the, the main ship in the fleet and let them know. And I honestly don't remember which one's the main ship. Is it the Light of Reason? Uh, no, Light of Reason is... Is that uh, the bad guy ship? the bad guy ship. Okay, yeah. I think it's just something. I don't know. I think it might have been a one-word thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. But the main ship is the main ship because Leia's on it. Yeah, so it's, it's Leia's flagship and the Adamantine are there to meet... With, uh, what's his nuts? Seti... Seti Ashgad. Ashgad, that's his name. So, yeah, things are going real bad on the Adamantine. People are starting to die real fast. The end of, the end of this first little sub-chapter chunk is uh, the death of uh, Koth Barak. His lines drip towards zero on the medical readout, and he is gone. Yeah. Meanwhile, we are meeting with Seti Ashgad on the meeting bridge or whatever of the... Ah, uh, the meeting bridge. Yes, they have several bridges. Everything's a bridge yeah, on the ship. Yeah, it's all bridges all, all the way down. Yeah, they got a Jeff bridge. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> nice! Ha <laughs> ha! So, anyway, uh, they're meeting with Seti Ashgad, who is kind of a sort of political power figure on the planet he's from, Nam Chorios, or Nam Chorios. Yeah. How, how are we doing that, John? Uh, I was reading it as Nam Chorios. Yeah, all right. Nam Chorios sounds like some sort of, like, health cereal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get yourself a fresh bowl of Nam Chorios. Mmm, <laughs> Chorios. You can really still taste the burning flesh and gunfire. <laughs> the- of Nam. Of Nam. 
<laughs> Rambo cereal. So, uh, so Nam Chorios is, according to Seti Ashgad, a complicated situation, Your Excellency. It's a shitty backwater that has a weird history. Yeah. Now, it is either in the Meridian or the Anti-Meridian sector. Yeah. Uh, they're both mentioned, and I could never tell which one is, this place is supposed to be in. Uh, and its history is that it does have native inhabitants who are human. Well, the... Natives aren't really natives. The yeah. natives are originally sent there as prisoners. They were using the planet as a prison colony. Yes, it was basically space Australia. And in they thought, oh, this planet is like uninhabitable. We're going to send you down there and you're just going to die. But yeah. they apparently just started farming along little river areas because it's the only place you could. Mm -hmm. So it's super hard scrabble, low tech. And, and oh no, no support because there were huge uh, imperial built gun emplacements all over the planet that were placed there to stop anyone from leaving or coming to help. Yeah, they were like, "Look, it's a prison planet, and we're going to make sure that nobody comes to get you off this planet." And then apparently it got. This was like a while ago. Yeah, that was like seven hundred years ago and in the storyline. Seven hundred years ago, the planet was settled by prisoners. Yeah, so. The original prisoners and apparently the abandoned guards, mm -hmm. like, made a life there. And then the Empire started using it as a prison again. Yes. Uh, and now that they've been defeated, there are some newcomers that are like, ooh, we're going to be colonists on this dumbass world. Mm -hmm. But they didn't bother doing any research on this world for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now they're stuck on a planet where everyone's like, no, fuck you, no tech. Yeah, no tech. Uh, there's people called Theron cult leaders uh, who apparently, according to Seti Ashgad, who is our only source of information in this chapter, uh, are crazy shamans who wander the deserts talking to rocks. Yeah, so there's a religion on there that is basically like, we don't want high technology, we want to stay basically just primitive, mm -hmm. and they control the gun system, which means they do not allow anything larger than, like, a small personal ship mm -hmm. to get past their uh, emplacements. Yeah, they're they, they're okay with people leaving the planet if they leave on, like, a little tiny flitter ship and then board a real ship out there. But you can't take stuff off planet or on planet. It's weird because I don't know how the settlers managed to get on planet with anything because it says that, like, oh, the settlers showed up and now they can't get support. I'm like, did you get shot down if you showed up with, like, a colony ship? Uh, yeah, I don't understand how they got through in the first place. We kind of get a sense over the course of these two chapters how... Because the gun emplacements are automated, and they shoot anything larger than a certain size. Yeah, and that's... Essentially, anything bigger than a B-wing mm -hmm. is going to get shot down automatically. And the book goes out of its way when we get into it later to say how very little space is in a B-wing. And you just kind of go, okay, so how did, like a colonist family show up because well, there's no way you'd be able to fit that many people. One of the things about Star Wars is that up until a certain point, you never really saw civilian ships. Like, you never see a star yacht. The, the first one you ever actually see in the canon movies is probably that that one in Episode Eight, the one that, that uh, they, they, show, they, they escape from the casino planet on. Yeah. Uh, before that, that's that's like the first personal ship you ever see anyone in that isn't like a, smug, a, a converted smuggling ship or something. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe there's a lot of people who have like RV sized ships that they fly around in. 
I mean... I mean, we know that's true if we go non-canon because of the ship that the Sindel Tawani landed on Andorian, huh. the forest moon of Andorian, uh-huh. and then the same, the other one that, that uh, Noah managed to build to escape Andor with Sindel Tawani again. Yeah. And leave Antique there because he was ready. He, that was an on-planet relationship. Yeah. He's yeah. like, look, I'm going to go off-planet. Yeah. Uh, you knew what this was. Yeah. Yeah. This was an on-planet relationship, rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I loves that rabbit. <laughs> uh, uh, so it might be that there's small ships that are more common than we know about because all the Star Wars stories are military. But even then, like a B-wing isn't huge. Well, you never see a parked B-wing in the movies. Really, they are pretty fucking big. Yeah, but I mean, the description we get here is like Luke can get into a B-wing and has like. A couple nooks and crannies to shove snacks into, and that's it. I mean, that's way uh, way the hell up ahead in chapter two. But yeah, it's kind of funny how he's like, I got to figure out how to put these like granola bars in the cockpit of this thing. And I'm like, dude, just open up a bulkhead somewhere and stuff them in amongst the engine parts. You're, that thing's huge. <laughs> There's plenty of empty space in a B-wing. Eh. Just just get it done, son. Nope. Uh, but anyway, that's 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 for later. Right now, we're talking to Seti Ashgad, and he's he's talking in a way that. I never really thought I'd see the Star Wars book. He's like, yeah, the people who live on this planet are like hardline conservative. They won't let us off planet. And, and it's just a long political discussion. And the worst part is, <coughs> excuse me, the worst part is it's kind of a cyclical long discussion. Because he's being like, look, they're completely unreasonable. We just want to get off planet so we can join the New Republic. Well, it's not even we want to get off planet. It's we want to bring tech to the planet. Yeah, we want to start mining and actually setting this planet up as a real cultural center and what have you. Uh, they don't want us to, and it's completely unreasonable what they're asking. And then Leia, over and over again, says, yes, but a majority of the planet voted for what the current situation is. Yeah, and he's like, but these these colonists didn't realize that when they came down here, they would be trapped there. If they try and leave, they'll have to leave all of their stuff behind, which again is, okay, they, how did you get it there? What, maybe they made it out of the planet or something? They've got like rock huts and stuff they want to take with them? But he's like, oh, they're... This was totally unfair to them. And Leia just has to be like, yeah, well, they should have fucking known better than to go to a dumb backwater planet without doing research. Yeah. Sorry, you're not even in the New Republic. It's not like I can do anything. Plus, the the, the Empire's still right over there uh, in the the nearest system, uh, which na- whose name escapes me. It's the one just beyond the second nearest system, Paduchus Chorio, uh, which is a planet of pirates and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... But yeah, it, they just go back and forth like this for a while with him being like, but the people who voted for it are crazy weirdos who live in the desert and vote and talk to rocks like, and yeah, they're all well, brainwashed. That's not really a thing we can worry about. Yeah, I'm like, not. If the planet wants to vote, they voted to not be in the New Republic, which means I have no authority to do anything here. Yeah. And the whole time, the two of them are just kind of going back and forth. There are a few important notes to take in from this. First of all. Uh, a lot of this has to do with Leia remembering her own time serving on the court of Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, I guess for like two years, for a while there. I mean, this must have been the time when she was meeting, you know, like uh, Admiral Holdo and stuff like that. Uh, although she didn't exist, of course. Uh, she was an imperial court adjutant and and some kind of political figure well, uh, i i assume given what we hear here that she was mostly just following her dad around yeah, yeah she's hanging out with bail organa and you know there were she mentioned something where she's like i would love to help these people out uh but you know i learned my lesson from my dad that you yeah. can't just go in and do whatever the fuck you want well you they have mentioned- to adhere by 
actual rules. And they met, she mentions a specific example. It's like the Bougray vampire people. And then they, they petitioned to the Alderaan petition to get the people f- who live on the planet with them to be able to leave. And then the people who were like, no, we live on Bougray vampire planet. They like voted to stay. Yeah. The thralls of these vampires were like, nope, we're good. No, that's cool. We like this. And she was like, yeah, but you guys are hanging out with vampires. They probably have really high potency scores. <laughs> I mean, it depends Obf- on what kind of vampire they obfuscate are. Obfuscate or whatever. Whichever, whichever one it is that clides, clouds the man- minds of men. <laughs> well, I mean, obfuscate kind of does that. You could also do demon taint and, like, make people crazy. Demon taint? Yeah, you could do demon taint. I do demon taint all the time, man. Ooh, I got that demon taint. I mean, demon taint doesn't sound like an actual, like, grundle of a demon to me. It sounds like the kind of disease that, that or not, I'm sorry, drug that you find in, like, role-playing games. Oh, no, demon taint to me just sounds like slang for when you got that hot burning taint oh yeah like when it's a little swampy down in the situation it room you're like yeah, Ooh, it's all red now yeah I've, I've chafed my taint enough that i got the demon taint yeah <laughs> oh, i'm being dragged to taint hell <laughs> drag me to taint hell <laughs> well there's the porn parody <laughs> i don't know how many porn par- porn movies there are that are really taint specific taint specific porn parodies mm-hmm. well by god we've got one yeah also taint misbehaving yeah well. yeah so there's plenty there's there's tons of these uh, and all and so far both of them are about when your taint gets like uncomfortably chafed i mean I, what taintsy it'd be like tootsie but for taints <laughs> that's so specific yeah what a weird movie that would be <laughs> <laughs> wait i'm thinking i'm sorry you're thinking of tootsie which would make perfect sense for a taint movie yeah that's i was what thinking, I'm saying taintsy yeah i was thinking of sootsie which would be a very different taint movie that i don't know oh it's a movie about a south african guy who's li- lives in like some slums and and ki- or townships they call it, uh, and he he kidnaps the baby of a rich family and it's all very bleak and terrifying right. but uh it would make a weird movie to be a porn t- a porn about taints that's, <laughs> that, that's all i'm trying that to would say make here a much weirder taint parody yeah <laughs> where did we go wrong uh so making a podcast yeah that was our first mistake we should have just gotten jobs like fucking adults <laughs> <laughs> and then kept them uh okay so there's another person in the room actually there are four other people in the room we'll start with the three that that are only sort of relevant there are three assistants to seti ashgad that are hanging around in the room all of them are described as androgynous uh pale and vaguely fake looking yeah. And this is because they are, in fact, fake. They are some synth droids. Synth droids are apparently the hot new technology of space, uh, which is real flesh molded over a metal armature. Yeah, it's some T-800s. Yeah, they're basically T-800s. Uh, and they don't have room inside them for, for uh, complicated droid computers that don't understand idioms. So instead, they have to be controlled remotely from a, a nearby computer system. Yeah, it's it's weird to me because they're like, oh, yeah. Normally, the reason droids are all bulky and weird is because the computing system to make their AI work is so large and complex that you have to have basically a trash can in order to get an R2-D2. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, for a C-3PO, you need a double-A-grade uh, Verbo brain. Yeah. yeah. But for these synth droids, they're like, oh, in order to look human, we can't give them ridiculous bulky nonsense, which means... They have to get their programming remotely, like they've got Wi-Fi brains. Don't you think you could probably fit enough flesh over C-3PO to hide his whole body and just have him look like a tottering fat guy? I mean, probably. I mean, you could pretty much make him into Chatterbox from from uh, the by <laughs> Universe, right? You like could. Sort of a weird fat guy that has a strange gait to him. Oh, my. Oh, clack, 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 clack. Like, I feel like that would probably... Worst case scenario, it kind of looks like the judge from Blood Meridian. I mean, or, you know, you could just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> 
Yeah, you just you just slap a bunch of meat on him, and he's just a little meat cone. Oh yeah, you just just turn him into a little chode of a robot. Beep boop boopity beep. Yeah, did that donor kebab just beep at me? <laughs> boop boop beep. <laughs> oh, he does not like being called a kebab. <laughs> a kebab is technically the meat that you slice off of him. Yes. Mm. Now then, uh, war has always waited for man. <laughs> Uh man, the 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 image of a tiny, like chodish R two D two flesh droid is that's gonna stick with me for a while. Yeah, that's gonna haunt my dreams. Especially when a little port opens up and it, a lightsaber comes flying out. I mean, the problem with this is because I've given him flesh all over, he's also kind of hairy down at the bottom. <laughs> Why? You're turning him into a dick. Why are you doing that? Why? Because that's what he is. Why don't we just completely coat him with flesh and then completely coat that flesh with hair and then he's just cousin it? <laughs> or Captain Caveman. I mean, we, I mean, do, we uh, wouldn't need to coat him in flesh first. We could just put hair on him. I mean, yeah, obviously. You could just put glue on him and run him through a cat owner's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captain Beep Boop, he'd say coming out of that. Uh I assume. I mean, one would have. Weird that he can say captain, and that's the only word. Uh, he has a hollow recording of Princess Leia saying captain. Uh, <laughs> captain Kenobi, you're only hope or something. And she, he, he just cuts that part out. <laughs> captain. Beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. So there's three synth droids in the room. Yes. And they are way less important than the amount of space that we have just given to them. <laughs> Uh, the other biggest MacGuffin probably in this movie is the the other person that Seti has brought with him, uh, Dezim. Yes, the wickedly talented Adele Dezim. <laughs> For Christ's sake. I don't know that reference. You're going to have to explain it to me. Okay, so John Travolta went, I assume the prompter ended mm. when he was trying to introduce Adina Menzel. Okay, and, and he instead called her the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Oh my god, that's fantastic! It is probably the best stupid mistake that someone has made, and it is just the worst. Okay, well, in, in any case, uh, Dazim here uh, is rolling in the deep uh, as as the movie. Or, 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 sorry, let's go forward. Dazim is a weird little human. He's described as brown skinned with a top knot and very small. He is one of the Sort of native old-timers They call themselves the Chorians. They are the old-timers, the Mm -hmm. ones who are descended from the original uh, prisoners and guards. That's pretty fascinating, isn't it, that the first generation of Chorians are like these nut-brown dudes, and then a second generation of colonists shows up and is like, Oh, oh, crikey, right, let's go ahead and make Foster's. The uh, the Australian space beer. Oh, yeah, that's a space for Australian beer. (laughs) Space for Australian beer. Yep. That's yeah. how they say it in Star Wars. Yeah, so I'm just... Interesting parallels here on Nam Interesting! Wouldn't it's you think? Super, it's, it's trenchant commentary! <laughs> <laughs> you write debt on the gorilla. <laughs> Pee-pee, doo-doo, he is a bad president. <laughs> so, uh, Dazim is just hanging out in a corner under some diantha vine leaves, uh, looking like a little weirdo. Yeah, he... I mean, for all purposes, looks like a regular human. But for some reason, uh, Leia's like, he gives me the creeps, and I don't know why. Well, like, she can't figure out what it is that makes him f- seem weird. Yeah, so he's supposed to just be like Seti Ashgad's aide. Yeah, but it's his very, secretary. It's very clear from very early on that he's got a lot going on here. 
Uh, so <laughs> he he basically gets dragged into the conversation by Leia, who's like, "Hey, aren't you one of the native Chorians?" And he's what like, "What do you think about all this?" And he's like, "I obviously support Master Ashgad in all things." And <laughs> he's staring off into the distance, and the description of him seeming to have like a pained orgasmic uh face i'm like oh man don't if someone was having a meeting and i looked over to their secretary and they were just like uh, someone just oh facing in the corner uh, uh, i'd be like <laughs> oh oh come on <laughs> get this guy out of here i'll have what he's having <laughs> uh but but no he's he's looking off into the distance but really he's looking at the other spaceships and his eyes go all glassy and milky and then he has a little big orgasm uh a and, little big orgasm little, he, he comes welcome to, to little big, big orgasm, orgasm north dakota <laughs> <laughs> we're offended by our own name <laughs> we hate it but we'll never change it <laughs> so uh so yeah as he looks off into the distance lights are winking out on the uh, adamantine yeah uh, so we're, I mean, we're, it's, it's it's very clear it's that clear. he's fucking with the other ship. He's doing it. There's something weird about him. Maybe he's a bug in a human suit, like some kind of Edgar who needs to be brought sugar in water. Uh, one of those. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but he's definitely some kind of boogan. He's some kind of boogan. He's got the ability to apparently fucking kill people just by thinking about it, which is weird. Yeah, I'm going to get... I, I, John, Especially I, I, because... Leia's right next to him, and yeah. she's not like, ooh, he's using Force stuff, and I'm Force-sensitive. Yeah. And Luke is also on the adamantine while this is happening, and yeah. he's not like, ooh, I sense a disturbance in the Force, or even, I sense a lot of dead people nearby. Yeah. So, John, I, I have read this book, like, a long, long, long time ago. Like, uh -huh. in, in, when I was, like, 15, I've read yeah, this great. book. Yeah, uh, great. But I don't remember anything about this book at all, except for Beldorion the Hut is in it. So I have literally no memory about what's happening or what's going on, but I, my guess is that he's sucking the life out of people, and my secondary guess is that he can give that life to other people. That's gonna be that's my that he's keeping people alive and shit. I think that's my that's my guess. Okay, that's, that's my forwarded theory. All right. Okay. My well, given what happens in the book, I assume he's got the ability to infect people with some sort of force virus. Yeah, I he I don't he doesn't strike me as Jedi type. I think we're gonna find out it's micro nano nonsense. <laughs> micro nano nonsense. Yeah, I think it's even microer than nano. <laughs> well, I mean the fact that he can stare at the ship that he's not on and do it, mm -hmm. I'm like, that's only force. That's the only way this works. It's Star Wars. That's true. It could be force. It could be some kind of weirdo anti force. Yeah, he's some kind of weird anti force eating gold meatball. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just one of them metal salamanders that makes little force bubbles. Bloop. Or the yellow type of force users that you have a completely different... They're the ones that Luke's mom used. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they, I don't know if you knew that, John, but in this continuity, Luke has a different mom than, you know... Padme. Padme. Uh, and she's like a secret kind of weird non-Jedi force user. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's push on forward, shall we? Let's. People keep dying on the spaceship. Yeah. Uh, eventually, this meeting with Luke and, uh, and, and I'm sorry, with Leia and Seti Ashgat is starting to come to a close. Yeah, they're like, all right, well, uh, she pretty much goes, I'll send a exploratory group out there to see if there's any coercion happening. Because if the reason that they voted to not go in is because the leaders were like, 
coercing them or making them vote that way, yeah. then we can do something. But if it's just the majority of people on the planet want to do this, then we can't. But I'll at least send someone. Yeah. So throughout all of this, and this is something I feel like is a huge contrast from the book that we just finished reading, uh, Leia constantly is thinking to herself about various things that are happening at, at the, uh, the the Senate level. And it's just like, oh, well, I, I have to think about the Nalroni's war with the Snugrins. And, and and also, the Daywalker people are mad about the life saunt. And you're like, well, the, she's got, I think the main problem is there's one group that's like. The life people. The, we want all sentience to be free. And we think that. Uh, like synth even droids. synth droids would be like too much. Yeah, because they're made of the new flesh. I mean, that's living flesh. Long live it. Long live the new synth droid. And so there's like one faction that's all like no one should ever work for anyone else. It should all be droids. Yeah, and which they're, seems they're, weird. Yeah, and they're they're called like oh yeah, there was one faction that was like yeah, only there's no reason to not give or to give droids sentience everyone should have lots of droids was like their faction identity it kind of sounds to me like they're just the droid lobby they're just like <laughs> they're there's... just like look everyone should have droids just droids they should have so many droids every world should be droid world 400 droids <laughs> and then there's another faction that's like no droids are sentient they need to be free and they have a dumb name that's like the daywalkers or the scions of the sun or something where it's not it doesn't sound like it's got anything to do with droid liberation no it's just sort of what is this? Uh, we want droids to go free because droids are also sentient and we believe that they shouldn't be slaves. Also, they think dogs should vote. <laughs> That's what I think. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, she's going through all these, these different things in her head. She mentions Nalroni, which was nice to see get mentioned. Uh, but not only she mentions Nalroni and her own thoughts was about what's going on, but also there's a sick Nalroni on the Adamantine. Which the Adamantine commander is like, that's crazy because there's also a sick Moncal. And I have read, specifically in medical textbooks, that Nalroni and Moncal are basically the opposite. Yeah, something that could infect a Nalroni is, it's literally impossible that it would be able to infect a Moncal. Mm -hmm. Like, their biological systems are such that it's just not possible for a biological agent to affect both of them. Yeah, that's why in the Star Bible it specifically says that space dog may not lay with space fish. Uh, it is an abomination. Oh, no, space yeah. Bible. <laughs> the space Bible. You must space stone them. <laughs> yeah, because we've mentioned Nalroni before. They're dog people. Uh, we Remember Sprax? Sprax. Oh, Sprax. He's, he's getting a little older, but he still needs love. <laughs> Old Nalronis need, need the most love. They do. Oh, Sprax. Oh, Sprax. He's got cataracts in both eyes and hip dysplasia. <laughs> well, we still love him. <laughs> yes, we do. We love him even more now that he just gets out of bed once a day to totter around. Uh, <laughs> uh, poop. <laughs> Tiny poop. And back to bed. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> uh, I miss having a nice old dog around the house. Aww. Nice old dog. They're so good. Okay, anyway, uh, so, yeah, everyone on the ship's dying, and we use Nalroni and Moncal as an expression of it's not just a disease because it's getting everybody. Yeah, it can't be a biological agent. There has to be something weird going on. Tiny here. droids. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny droids covered in flesh. <laughs> the new flesh. Uh, yeah, so I, I, we, we have no idea what's going on, but most of the people on the Adamantine are dying. And... So when we cut to it, we've got, like, the commander of it who is trying desperately to contact Leia's ship. Yeah, and it's got anyone, blockers. And there's some 
signal blocker on their ship that's mm. not letting them do that. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't just turn on the Klieg lights. I mean, they're invisible range. Yeah. But here we go. That's that's what happens. They they uh, they try to radio for a long time for help. Uh, they try to send out any kind of information they can, but it's basically too late. The, the adamantine is practically empty at this point. There's only a few people left alive. Yeah, and, and anyone who is is dying currently. Yeah, D- Wover from the first chapter, the the gunnery sergeant with the heart of gold, it died faster than most people because, as the two one B droid reports, if you put people in a back to tank, it just kills them faster. Yeah, like thirty five percent faster. That's kind of a crazy stat, right? Like. Like, uh, even if this was, like, a force poison or something, it would be weird if putting someone in back to made it, accelerated it. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, terrifying thing, but it's not a mystery that Dazim is doing it. He's definitely doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely a creepy bad guy. He's definitely creepy. I mean, he's wearing gloves. Anyone yeah. who wears gloves is a creepy bad guy. That's true, because then they can take him off to do their creepy thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I guess we could check in with Luke, because Luke's, Luke- Luke's here. Luke is in the hangar bay of Leia's flagship. We first meet him at the very top of Chapter 2, where the the top of Chapter 2's first sentence is, Do not meet with Seti Ashgad. Yeah. Do not accede to his demands. Well, this is a thing that Leia had already been thinking in Chapter 1. Yes. She got a message that was just, Don't meet with this dude. Don't give in to any of his demands. And whatever you do, don't come to this sector. Yeah. Just stay out of town. Well, now Luke... <laughs> stay out of Malibu, Lebowski. <laughs> I hate the fucking eagles. <laughs> the fuck out of my cab. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, he's he's the one who actually got that message in the first place. It was on a piece of wrapping paper uh, written in old-fashioned graphite pen uh, that was stuffed inside of an antique, no-electricity-style music box. Now, excuse me, it's not wrapping paper, it's flimsy plast. Yeah, it's flims- flimsy plast, sorry. Uh, does it say flimsy plast in here, or just like old wrapping material? Flimsy plast. Does it say, oh, because this is the definition, this is where flimsy plast originates. Well, yeah, I mean, I did a bonus content on, like, flimsy plast and plasty slims, and they have, like, four different names for basically paper that is made out of plastic. Plasty slims. You've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Virginia Plasty Slims. <laughs> Ooh, it's the cigarette that smokes like plastic. <laughs> god damn it. Oh, God. All the PCBs. Ooh, it's like a yellow smoke. It's like I'm breathing in a tire fire. <laughs> we already did that once today. So, uh, anyway. So, yeah, uh, Luke is the one who received the message. Hidden in an old music box. And here's the, here's the big kicker. It's written in Callista's handwriting. And if you are me, or most people, I assume, you go, I'm sorry, what? What's a Callista? And he will now explain, Will Luke, that Callista is a lady he liked that he apparently fought with on Hoth and also fucked somewhere else. Yeah, on the Jedi uh, training plant that they have now. uh, Yeah. Yavin 4. And, And then she was... Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can get this right. Please do. I would love... I, I don't remember half of this either, so... So, I have no idea and have not looked up anything about Callista. Yeah. But according to what I have gathered from this chapter, Callista was a ghost that possessed the body of a doctor who left her body to a ghost. Was like, instead of donating your body to science, she donated it to ghost. 
Yeah, that's a thing you can do. You, and, you, you, can just, you can do it on the website. Yeah, it puts a little mark on your driver's license. Yeah, I've got yeah. a little sticker that says, you know, ghost donor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... The movie ghost. And then she was a Jedi, but di- wasn't when she possessed the body. And then she was on a ship that crashed. And they assumed she's dead, but now they are... They think she's on Nam Trios. So there's there's what people refer to as the unofficial Callista trilogy in the Star Wars universe. Uh, there's no real books that are just about her. Uh, but she shows up in a couple books as a love interest for Luke and then just kind of disappears after a while. Uh, and I haven't read any of them in forever. Uh, but my basic idea of Callista is that she was a ghost because she died a long time before Luke was born. But she died by throwing her own consciousness into an Imperial battleship. Uh, what? to stop it. It was like a super, it was a Palpatine secret super weapon. Okay. And she put her own brain in it so that it wouldn't do its job, which was to go destroy Coruscant or something. Uh, and then she stuck there for 300 years as effectively a CGI ghost in a machine. Uh, and that, I assume she's, Callista spent the whole time dancing with a, a CGI baby. Obviously. That's the only thing she could, or use the intersex bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, or, I guess they're also intersex bathrooms, but they're probably just, you know, uh, open bathrooms for everybody anyway uh ally mcbeal callista flockhart jokes jokes weirdly married to harrison ford not mark hamill uh okay so she's so she spends 300 years as a ghost in a battleship then she in a story i don't believe i have ever read uh takes over the body of dr cray something or other dr cray cray doctor yeah doctor it's like cray ming or something like that uh dr kramer yeah, Dr. Kramer. Yeah, uh, and then she just... And then she Kramer's goes versus violently. Kramer. <laughs> Dr. Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, she Kramer's violently into your bathroom and busts up your toilet real good. Uh, but she she ends up in the body of some woman, and then she gets to spend some time hanging out with Luke and having a little romance. But she was a Jedi, and so was the woman whose body she took over. Could I make it more obvious? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be any more obvious? Uh, but w- when the combination of her brain and this, this lady's... Or her soul of this lady's body did not result in Jedi. And so she feels blind and naked because she spent her whole life as a Jedi, and she leaves Luke to go wander the universe looking for answers to her non-Jedi problem. Okay. Uh, and then that's where we catch up with Luke here. I guess. being the, the He's basically just Skywalker and real hard. Like, like, every Skywalker is so bad at relationships. Just the worst at relationships. And yeah. he's like, oh, I... I know she needs me. I had a girlfriend for two weeks. I feel her within me. I need her, Leia. I need her. And she's like, yeah, I completely understand that. Oh, I get it. Yeah. 100%. Remember that time I agreed to marry a random prince on, like, a dare? (laughs) And I was fucking in love with him after, like, two minutes? Mm -hmm. I get it, Luke. Yeah, and and then... Luke... You can get it. Yeah. Yeah, I understand completely. And you remember the story of how our dad killed a bunch of sand people because he was mad about a girl? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a Luke, it's a Skywalker tradition. Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Bad at relationships. Terrible at relationships. Should not talk to each other about relationships. No. Getting advice from another Skywalker about a relationship is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It's completely, complete, but here we go, because uh, eventually she comes down and meets him and they have that conversation. For now, he is just basically convincing himself that Callista is definitely on Nam Chorios. Yeah. Chorios. It's like, well... This music box came from Nam Chorios, and it's in her handwriting, and I've got to go, i got to go down there, and oh, she's going to be down there, and I just know it. 
Do I have a force sense? No, I don't. I just got this boner, and it's pointing true north at Namchorios. He's got a raging clue. Uh, but yeah, he he's convinced that she's down there, and <sighs> don't toast Ashgad is the thing he's using for evidence that it's current, because, you know, Seti Ashgad's right there on the ship meeting with Leia right now, who very clearly remembers his nearly identical dad. Well, the whole thing is Leia's like, oh, I've seen hollows of the original the original Ashgad. Ashgad. Yeah. And they're like, but here's the thing, Luke, you know, you know, objectively, you know that she had a, a life before she met you, like a long one, like it's lasted hundreds of years. The, how do you know this music box wasn't about her dad, wasn't about Seti Ashgad's dad and sent hundreds of years ago? <laughs> but why would it have like, don't go to this sector? And I don't know. Why- it's, a, it's a weird old mystery is all I'm saying. There's no evidence that the current Callista is on the planet. Any any version of Callista might have been on this planet at some point. Well, it was current, I think. I think they probably scanned it and were like, ooh, this was written like a week ago instead of like, yeah, this piece of flimsy plast is like a hundred years old. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a point where Leia even asks him, like, hey, do you want us to perform any like analysis or scans on that well, thing? Oh, no. It's Luke is like, do you need this back to do any scans? And Leia's like, no, nah, we're no, good. No, we don't do shit like that. We just let you run off on your wild goose chase for some lady you met once. Well, I mean, unlike when Han does nonsense, it's not like Luke has an official position, I think. Uh, yeah, he does. He's a general. Is he? Yeah. Is he, though? He was at some point. I don't know if he still is at this point. No, I'm pretty sure he's just a teacher at the Academy. Oh, that's right. He does retire from the New Republic to become a teacher at the Academy. Which means they can't say whether he does anything or not, except they're giving him a B-Wing. Yeah, they sure do give him rides and B-Wings. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's that's not a problem, apparently. I mean, I I assume he had to retire because it's not like... His whole thing is that he is separating the Jedi from the Republic because that was a mistake of the First Republic. Yeah. Or the well, the, mo- the most recent republic, the 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 newest old republic. Yeah, the most most recent old republic, <laughs> the until recently old republic. Yeah, until you discovered there was a way older republic where everything was basically the same but brown. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old old republic, <laughs> the even older republic, where everyone had rock sabers. Dead <laughs> 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 die. Bad feeling me have. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, beep boop <laughs> thank you droid man <laughs> me droid man Ooh. me me hump covered in flesh hump hump <laughs> okay so uh yeah he's down there basically psyching himself up about this Callista thing uh eventually leia comes down from the meeting uh to talk to him about the plan uh the mighty plan for him to he's gonna go down to namchorios in this b-wing now the book then launches into, oh, uh, two pages of information about why he's taking a B-Wing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the whole thing is like, we have to tell you why Luke Skywalker would take this random-ass B-Wing instead of his X-Wing, which is what he takes everywhere. And I they spend a lot of time going like, well, a B-Wing could take on a, a target much larger than itself normally, and this is some uh, contested space so we might have like some empire guys out there which means we want him to be in a a better ship and so on and so on and i just go 
look, I know it's because you're going to blow up this B-Wing and you can't yeah. blow up his X-Wing. We've already dealt with this. Yeah, that was courtship. Courtship, yeah, so court- it's fine. Courtship taught us the lesson that Luke's X-Wing isn't there if Luke's going to crash a spaceship. Yeah, the second you say Luke isn't in his X-Wing, I'm like, oh, that ship is done for. Yeah, I mean, that book went as far as to introduce a spare Millennium Falcon. <laughs> They're like, look, we've we gave you an exact copy of your X-wing that isn't your X-wing, and we gave you an exact copy of the Millennium Falcon that isn't the Millennium Falcon, so we could blow both of them up. Yeah, look, we get it. No, we know. We've read enough of these now to know that that's what's going on right now. But you have bo- just signaled to me that you are about to blow up this B-wing. But the thing, the book makes it makes it a stupid decision for some reason while defending it forever because they're like. We actually aren't sure if a B-Wing is small enough to get past those automated gun emplacements. Yeah, they're like, the B-Wing is just large enough that they're like, we think it's slightly smaller than what they would normally track automatically, but maybe it isn't? Yeah. They also mentioned that a a new generation of fighters has entered service under the New Republic uh, in this same chapter, uh, the E-Wing. The E-Wing is now serving, and it's basically a smaller, better X-Wing. So why he doesn't just take one of those? Because he can blow one of those up, no problem. Yeah, nope. He's got to take a B-Wing. He's got to take this B-Wing for some reason. Uh, so he goes and packs the B-Wing full of stuff. Leia basically is trying to use him for a little recon in addition to his weird mission. Oh, yeah. She's like, hey, while you're down there, just there's see if the people are being controlled or whatever. Yeah, by rocks or something. I don't know. I just talked to this guy for a while, and it wasn't great. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. We we get a little bit of discussion immediately after the meeting with Seti Ashgad that kind of helps us confirm where we are in the Star Wars timeline right now. First of all, she does have kids. Well, yeah, because Luke, when he's leaving, is like, hey, give the kids a kiss for me. Yeah, so he's, so she's got her kids. She's 31, according to the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she also has an, a, a Nogri honor guard. Yes. So we know that that story has taken place. So she has a Ezrak, the, the Nogri honor guard member who's hanging out with her, plus a bunch of special kid guards. Yeah, there's basically the newest uh, like academy graduates of the New Republic trooper program or yeah, whatever. They're like, they're like her private honor guard or like these like... Fresh-faced 18-year-olds. Yeah, she's got some, like, fresh-from-boot fucking Marines. The best of the best of the best ones get sent up to her on a special secret mission. They'll never go rogue until they do. So she's got a bunch of, like, oh, jeez, Princess Leia, okay. (laughs) I guess I'll take this gun and protect you. I need to clean Princess Leia's toilet so clean you can eat off it, because that's where I gotta eat. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, they're all yeomans and not privates. Uh, but yeah, Marcopius is the only one of them that really gets a name. Yeah. Uh, so, well, when Seti Ashgad and Dazim and, and his synthroids and all that leave the room, she stands, spends a second talking to them about the, the various people. She's like, what's going on, Ezrak? What is What do your Nogri nose smells? Hey, does does Dazim smell weird to you? And he's like, all humans smell weird to me, ma'am. Well, well, no, he's just like, look, he smells like a human. I mean, I don't like him. And he's a weird creep. But, but, he's, but he smells human. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's one more thing that we can establish is that he's not a secret alien. No, he smells human and he can smell that the synth droids are wrong. He's like, those things don't smell like actual things. And then we get the explanation about what synth droids are all about. Synth droids seem like they might be a a B plot in this book. I guess because they are just like taking weird amounts of 
page space to describe them. Yeah. Well, not not just them, but also like, oh, she recently got an email from a company about synth droids and how they're the latest and most expensive thing. Oh, she's got some, basically the Star Wars version of a flyer, mm-hmm. but it's like a little cube that plays in infomercial and it's been going for hours without looping anything. Yeah, and, and she's like, no, they want me to have a synthroid on her on a garden, and that way I wouldn't need to keep putting these young men and, and women in danger and these Nogri. I could but, stop having Nogri follow me around. Yeah, but Nogri are so useful. Like, it's this whole thing. Like, I feel like there's going to be a synthroid subplot that runs the book. I guess. I don't know. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, Luke leaves. Yeah. And, and then Luke, Luke takes off in his... Uh, B-wing. His, his boing. Yeah. And he's going down to the planet, and Leia gets back to her room State and is room like, whatever, yeah. all right, let's let's figure out what's going on. And Marcopius, I can't, there's a, like, a butt, like, whatever the communication there's a, there's button a butt. is. There's a communication butt. There's, there's a butt, and it's yeah. open. Yeah. There's an open butt here, and I need you to go look into it. Yeah, go look in that open Just, butt. <laughs> Right in the brown eye. So basically, she's been trying to call the other ship for a report. Well, no. It's, oh, so there's messages from the, the other ship. There is an open communication. It's basically like oh, if someone, someone butt-dialed you. Yeah, so they've been butt-dialed by the other planet, and, or the other ship, and she can't figure out why. She's and, like, there's an open line here, and no one is answering, so can you go figure out what's going on? Yeah, and so Marcopius heads off to figure it out, but as soon as he does, here comes the attack. Well, she's like, oh, good. Man, I'm tired. My chest hurts. Yeah. Also, I'm dying. <laughs> well, that's the attack I was talking about. Now Leia is under the effects of the of this this disease. Uh, oh, and at some point, someone mentions that the disease. Oh, it's it's C three PO, and it's later. Never mind. Uh, basically, she gets starts feeling sick, and uh, then all hell breaks loose. Ezrak falls to the ground sick. Uh, her various honor guard people are starting to, to react as if they are sick, and then the synth droids come bursting back into the room. Yeah, followed by Dazim and mm-hmm. Dazim. Gets all creepy and is like kneeling over her body that is like fainted to the ground. He's like, yes. Mm. And he starts like oh, taking yes. off his glove and he's going to touch her. Yeah. And Seti Ashgad comes in. And he's like, will you cut that shit out? Yeah, knock it off immediately. That's not what we're here for. He's like, look, take your whammy off of her or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, fine. Mm. Oh, oh, yes, of course. And so, and then they basically. The synthroids and Ashgad and so on pick up Leia and just take her on the on their way. And they've got a plan that, like, all right, we're going to send synthroids over to the other ship, and we're going to leave ones here, mm-hmm. and we're going to take off in my ship. Yeah, and someone has programmed the ships to send off a message uh, that they are fine, like information packets that go back to the yeah, New Republic. Some hacked hollows. Yeah, to be like, hey, everything's fine here. Hey, uh, we uh, just finished up a... Yeah. A nice meeting, and everything's great. How are you? Yeah, <laughs> boring conversation anyway. Uh, so that's they have this kind of big surgical extraction plan, but they know that virtually everyone on the other ship is already dead. So it does, it's sending over a synth droid isn't even a big deal. Now, C three PO and R two D two are in the room when this goes down. They're in the room where it happens. Yeah, and the synth droid shoves three PO to the ground. Oh, I love that. Like wants his lunch money. Yeah, like well, because. Because Ash- C-3PO is kneeling over uh, Leia, like, trying to figure out what's going on. And Ashkeg comes in with the synth droid. She's just like, move that other droid. Get that just, droid out of the way. pushes him, to the gr- cl- clatters him to the ground. And this is where we find out that apparently the droids in Star Wars have the fucking three laws of robotics because they are not allowed to attack humans, even though this is clearly a fucked up situation. But, like, uh, C-3PO true. is like, 
R2, stop stop them from taking Princess Leia. Yeah, and, and R2 like, can't. He can't even figure out what he's... Like, this is R2, the guy who has, like, flamethrowers in his boot. I mean, he, he can't do anything, you know? It's, no, he's like, ooh, he has an electro-prod, but yeah. he can't do anything because that would mean attacking a human. He's simply trained not to, which is weird because it's not like Star Wars, even pre-sequels, uh, or prequels, didn't have attack droids in it. No. Well, I think anything that isn't a combat bot is basically programmed yeah. with the three laws of robotics, apparently. Well, I mean, given that IG-88 is actually a coffee maker, it's it's weird that, that he has kill co- codes programmed into it. Oh, well, every coffee maker has kill codes yeah. programmed into it. That's why coffee's so unpopular in, in uh, Star Wars, and they mostly drink calf or vine calf. Well, they, or, in this book, caffeine. Or caffeine, exactly. Any one of those various things. Yeah. That's one of my favorite little tidbits about original Star Wars, is that you can see IG-88's head as a bubbling coffee pot in the original in the cantina yeah uh anyway so they steal leia and synth droid starts sending out these packets of information but r2d2 and c3po are just left behind so they totter out and are trying to find something and they find when they leave the room that like everyone is fucked up like everyone is passed out on the ground and either dead or dying yes and the only person they can find that is still like remotely healthy is Marcopius, the fresh-faced cadet that uh, she had, uh, Leia had originally sent out to go figure out what was going on. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, he, he's like, come with me, you two. I'll need your information. And he's, like, very good at, at, at his job. He escorts them through the ship, loads them onto a little escape yacht or something, and they take off and fly away. And he's got pretty much all the information. He's like, they created this hacked hollow that says that... Uh, you know, they just, it shows Princess Leia saying, oh, we were just finished up a meeting and everything was fine. We're on our way home now. And he's like, oh, yeah, the reason that this ship and the other one are moving is they're going to go to hyperdrive and not drop out of it. Like, they're just going to go missing. Yeah. Uh, and so they're hopefully, yeah, like they, Lama's saying, they're not going to go back to the plant. They're just going to disappear and take Leia with them. So it looks like Leia just completely vanished. Yeah. So they're going to have the adamantine and Leia's flagship just go into hyperspace and never come back. Yes. They're just going to pop into nowhere. Uh, and that's the end of them. While these guys are able to slip back to safety. Yeah. So uh, it's it, instead of being like, oh yeah, it blew up. And then they blame the, uh, the Namtorios thing. Yeah. It was like, oh no, something happened. It's just the thing vanished. Yeah. Pretty cool plan. Yeah, no, it's a good plan using and, synth droids to yeah. uh, fucking do that. And, the, and there's kind of a neat thing with uh, with Seti Ashgad's ship where it's like a little ship made out of six smaller little ships. Because that's the only way he could get it like off planet and back on planet is mm-hmm. to have little ships that like separate so that they don't get tracked and then re come together at the bottom so that they can be, you know, an actual ship. Yeah, sort of a neat trick. And then they go flying back to the planet. Uh, meanwhile, uh, what's his name? Marcopios. Marcopion? Marcopios? Marcopius. Marcopius has loaded the two droids into a, into a star yacht, and he's like, okay, I'm already starting to feel a little swick, sick. I'm sweaty and so on. Uh, what is even going on? And, and 3PO goes, oh, well, it, it, all these symptoms match up 92% with my historical records of the Death Seed Plague. Yeah. And here's the problem for me. Where I, how come those medical droids didn't say that? Well, the medical droids basically don't Are- care. They're just the dumbest fucks in the world. Oh, they weren't going to be like, hey, everyone, this seems like the Death Seed Plague. Let me tell you that. They're going to try and do their best to heal someone. Whereas 3PO's like, I have no understanding that telling you that this is the Death Seed Plague might not be good right now. I guess that's true. But you'd feel like they'd be like, 
It is the Death Seed Plague, sir. Except that we have no idea why it's called that, because it has nothing to do with seeds. <laughs> well, also they go, uh, we wouldn't say it's the Death Seed Plague because we've scanned you and it isn't in you. That's true. But yeah, C-3PO is like, the symptoms say it's the Death Seed Plague, which the symptoms are people get fall down real fast and die. Well, the symptoms are you get a pain in your chest, mm-hmm. you get real tired, mm-hmm. and then... That just sounds like being 35 or older. Sweaty and cold. Yeah, all of this just sounds like being over 35. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All of it. Every single bit. Look forward, young listeners. <laughs> Look forward to this. Yeah. Look ye into the future and see your own demise. And it doesn't start getting better at any point, either. It just gets slowly worse. Yeah, you wake up and you're like, what's going to hurt today? Yeah, because it's going to hurt from day from minute one. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's like, okay, okay, I'm starting to feel sick already. Uh, uh, he starts rattling off information about what's happened to the droids so they can report it to people. And he's like, okay, where's the nearest system? Can we go there? It's Paducah's Torios. No, we can't go there. It's covered in pirates. That's some bullshit. And he's like, all right, I guess we have to go to the actual Republic outpost of Durin. Durin, yeah. A- and that'll be about a half hour in hyperspace. And he's like, all right, uh, do either of you know how to pilot one of these things? And here's the funny part, because... Th- R2-D2 immediately goes, yep. And yeah, then, I do. Yeah, and then 3PO goes, oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, no, shut the fuck up. Hmm. You're going to have to do it because R2's not a pilot at all. R2 says he could, but, you know, he's got delusions of grandeur. I was like, come on, you dickhead. Quit trying to minimize R2's accomplishments. So they uh, basically go like, okay, we can't pilot it. You're going to have to. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to go lie down for a minute then. And he goes and lies down in a bunk in the back of this little exploratory vessel. Mm-hmm. And a half hour later, they go check on him, and he is very dead. Yep, that's that. Luckily, R2 and 3PO can totally fly a fucking spaceship. Oh, yeah. R2 what, can do whatever what, the fuck well, he wants. 3PO is just lazy, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, 3PO's like, well, we're not programmed to do that, so we shouldn't. I'm not programmed. I, I don't want to fly a spaceship. Look, that's not in my job description, you fuck. The odds of me flying a spaceship are 7,344 to 1. <laughs> The odds of me flying the spaceship is zero. Zero percent. Fuck you, it's not in my union contract. Also, I won't let Artu do it. <laughs> no. I need him to rub my feet. So, yeah, the second chapter ends with the droids finding the dead body of Marcopius and going, ah, shit. Yep. So there you go. Uh, all the pieces are in place. Leia is unconscious because of the... We have all the pieces except for Han Solo and whatever he's going to do. Uh, uh, yeah. What's up with Han? And I believe in this book it's that he's hanging out with Chewbacca and Lando. Finally, Han Solo and Chewbacca get to have a time together. A little adventure for Han and Chuber. <laughs> that's that's the short. It's Chuber. People, <laughs> Chuber. Sometimes people say Chewie. People say Chewie, but that's not what it is. He finds that offensive, honestly. Yeah. It's... Now, in, in Sheerwook, mm-hmm. it would be shortened to Chuber. <laughs> Chuber. Which sounds like his college nickname. <laughs> Chuber! Chug, chug, chug. Dude, it's Chuber! Chuber over here! It's Chuber the Chube Man! Hey, Chuber the Chug Machine! How's it going? <laughs> so, yeah, Han and Chewbacca and Lando are, are hanging out together in this book if well, the back of the book is to be believed. I uh, don't know anything. Well, I read you the back of the book the other day. Yeah, I didn't listen to anything you oh, said. That's normal. That, that's That's my life. That is your life indeed. Well, there you go, John. Those are two chapters of uh, Planet of Twilight. If you're planning to read along, which, good lord, why, uh, it's going to be two chapters at a time, so this will be an 11-episode arc. Yep. Uh, Hopefully. We'll see if we have to uh, modify that, and if we do, we'll tell you. But otherwise, that is the first two chapters of Barbara Hambly's Planet of Twilight. Now, I gotta say, I mean, the the character stuff is very 
I don't give a shit. But at least the like weird plague thing uh, is an interesting mystery if you actually get into it because when people were dying, I was like, Dazim is obviously the one doing it. Like we even know once he shows up and he does it, he, he does can, it in front of us. Yeah, he like takes the plague off of Leia so mm-hmm. they can leave with her, and he like sucks the life out of one of the Nogri guard. Like as the doors are closing, the droids can kind of like see him bent over one of the Nogri and like touching him and sucking the life out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a creep. That's an interesting thing. But it, I also kind of like, uh, Seti's monkey bread pull apart spaceship. <laughs> well, the, the weird thing for me with the uh, weird plague nonsense mm-hmm. is like, I thought it was just a force effect when I was first reading it. And it was like, oh, he's causing people to have these symptoms. Yeah. But then he leaves the ship, and Marcopius flies in another direction, and Dazim isn't, like, paying attention to him anymore, and yet he still dies a half hour later. And maybe the maybe the Death Seed Plague is caused by people. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> the Death people. Seed Plague is people. Uh, maybe that's what's going on. Oh, I, I think... I don't remember. I, I just... I'm... I'm interested to find out what they actually say it yeah. is. I think the book finds a way to make it boring, but it is kind of a neat mystery in the first place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's neat to know what's going on with Adele Dazim. Plus, I like their cool kidnap thing. It's a cool kidnapping attempt. I'm I'm down with this. Eh. If, if anything, the only thing in the first two chapters I didn't find pretty interesting was Luke being whiny about ladies. Yeah. Luke's very sad about not having a lady, and <laughs> we have to get pages of information on why we have a B-Wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a B-Wing plot. That's what that is. Uh, so there you go. More to come. We'll see you in a week with yet more of this exciting content. Uh, 11 episodes to come of Planet of Twilight. And then who knows? We'll do something else crazy. Who knows? Who could possibly know? Now, if you love Star Wars content and this just isn't enough, mm-hmm. then by God, we've got more for you. If you head on over to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $2 or greater level, you unlock bonus content for this a here podcast. That's so right. You'll unlock content, including a bonus content episode for every single episode of Expounded Universe that we do. And what is that bonus content? Why? We go to Wookiepedia, bastion of interesting Star Wars information on the internet, definitely not full of people's fan nonsense, and we find good articles, good quality, meaty articles, and we come back and we tell them to each other and to you. Hell yeah, we slice ourselves off a nice little kebab of those meaty articles, Mm -hmm. and we force feed it to the other person and to you. Slather it with tahini and garlic paste. Oof, god damn it. Now I want that shit. I know, right? I can't have Persian food right now. It'll give me them burps. Oh, it'll give you sure. the worst burps. I'm not sure what I'm allergic to in Persian food, but it gives me the most virulent burps. Oh, yeah. Like, it gives you projectile burp. <laughs> it's slow moving, too. It's like you burp out a cloud that I can see. Yeah. You have cloud kill as a burp. And it's not green, either. I feel like when you see it, it's like a light purple. Really? I was thinking more of like a white and green speckle. No, that's okay. Uh, fair, that's fair enough. No, I was thinking it's kind of a light and dark purple speckle. All right. Yeah. But it's, in, in any event, Persian food, I must be allergic to something. Yeah. Probably sumac, if it was any one thing, because that doesn't show up in a lot of other Probably cuisines. Yima sumac. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably Nazim Padrad. <laughs> Adele Nazim. Nazim Padrad. Uh, so, yeah patreon.com slash system mastery two bucks who knows what we'll talk about i don't yet maybe john I do john knows i don't yeah I'll, it'll take me like 10 minutes to figure it out so thank you so much for listening and we will see you in a me- week with more until then i've been elan sleaze bagiano 
and I've got to be in this B-wing with my death sticks. Now, let me explain to you why. (laughs) 